0: hello how are you guys doing tonight it is yet another episode of the don't quote me podcast with your boy maurice mcmillan and uh like always got a lot of stuff i want to talk about um i feel like this is a trump heavy episode but um in, in this in this political climate every like everything is like trump heavy so whatever anyway um as you pr- probably could have guessed I was playing a lot of Spider-Man over the last week um I think I'm at 85 percent uh completion so far uh just having a blast uh I'm gonna spoil the game at the very end of this episode so you don't have to worry about it and I'll give you plenty of heads up when I start talking Spider-Man but so uh yeah uh great game but you know that's not, that's no surprise to anyone. And also, uh, I started the, uh, Woodward book, the Bob Woodward book, fear Trump inside the white house. And, uh, I had a little mini joke in my head or whatever. I don't know if it was, if it made anyone else, if this popped into anyone else's head, but like, I was looking at the cover of the book and I'm just thinking to myself, is this supposed to be a sentence or like a semicolon? Cause it could easily be like fear Than Trump in the White House, but it seems like it's just like instructions like you should fear Trump in the White House, and I'm like, I already do anyway. You know, uh, the book is pretty good. Uh, I feel like I, I don't know a lot about uh Bob Woodward, I know he's written about uh the last nine presidents, if I'm not mistaken, so he's uh got a credible track record. That's pretty much all I know about him, but from so i'm on chapter 15 i believe in the book and from what i uh, uh can discern it seems like he's trying really hard to paint trump in a in as favorable view as possible which you know you can only do so much with this like walk and talking and piece of shit i mean you can only polish it up so much but it's still gonna smell And so you can, you can see him trying to polish. So it's like, it's not like he's trying to like, like even like Comey in his book, he had like a little small ass jab at Trump. Like, oh yeah, he looks like he uh, wears tanning goggles or whatever. And everybody's like, oh my God. But you know, Bob Woodward is going out of his way to be nice and credible and like give you the benefit of the doubt. But still at the end of the day, still a train wreck. And he's been saying that pretty much. And that's why everybody's freaking out in the White House but anyway, uh, first off, first and foremost, let's give uh, the only shout out of the week is going to my man, John Legend. John Legend is one of those people where I feel like if you have a problem with John Legend, it's probably a pro. It's you. It, like when people it's not me, it's you, or it's not you, it's me. If you got issues with John Legend, it's something you got to go to therapy about because he's like one of the most agreeable people in the public eye, in my personal opinion. Like how do you not like John Legend? And uh, apparently, uh, well, one thing I don't like personally—I uh, you might already know this—but I don't fuck with award shows. I like at fucking all. But I understand the importance of them and why people like them so much and why people hold them in regard or whatever. But me personally, I could give less than a fuck about them. That said, John Legend made some history by becoming the first African American to achieve got status and he he got it for uh his uh he it was an award he won at the creative arts emmys and he won an award for outstanding variety specials uh for live performances for his uh producing producing and jesus christ superstar live in concert so um he, he finally got the emmy and um so yeah congrats to him you know i i didn't see it so i can't comment on it But you know, I'm I'm assuming he did his job well if he won an award. But anyway, uh, so let's get into it. You know, start off with something positive before we dredge into all the drama, and and death and terrible stories and ripoffs and stupid comments and fucking all of that shit. All that we're gonna the rest of this episode in in terms of positivity and optimism, it's going right in the toilet. We're starting with John Legend because he's a beacon of he's a good light. You know he's a good person so uh yeah get ready so first and foremost we gotta start with some breaking news feds probe for uh you know some money laundering regarding the trump tower meeting so this is from uh, the new york post uh federal investigators are examining two quote suspicious money transfers from a billionaire Russian real estate executive shortly after the June 2016 Trump Tower meeting with a Kremlin connected lawyer and immediately after Donald Trump's election according to a report. So, uh yeah, he uh there are apparently two suspicious transactions uh right after the election, right after the Trump Tower meeting which on paper looks pretty fucking bad so let's, let's dig a little deeper uh the first transfer happened 11 days after the June 9th meeting between Trump campaign advisor and uh Natalia Veselnitskaya who uh promised that she had dirt on Hillary Clinton and uh and an offshore company controlled by Aras Agalarov these Russian names be killing me man Aras uh, Agalarov who has close close ties to Russian leader Vladimir Putin and President Trump. So uh, this uh, offshore account wired more than $19.5 million into uh, his account in a New York bank. So that's pretty suspicious. So the feds are looking into that. And apparently they met during the Missed Universe pageant in Moscow in 2013. And the second transfer took place two uh, 13 days after the election so uh you know just on paper not looking good um so they they dig into a little bit more detail into the article but naturally the lawyers for this guy is basically like um we did everything legally i don't know what you're talking about which is what they always say so let's see if he's telling the truth but you know if history has proven anything when it comes to Trump, somebody's lying or cheating or stealing. You just gotta keep digging. That's the only thing consistent that seems to be in his past. He's a shady motherfucker. He's a shady motherfucker and he works with other shady motherfuckers. So, um, I mean, look at his White House, case in point, right? <laughs> uh, anyway, according to the Treasury Department, the banks made suspicious activity reports and uh, BuzzFeed noted that while these reports are not evidence of crime off the bat and these guys, uh, these dudes involved have not been charged so it's just you know looking bad at the offset as of right now nothing is confirmed but if the, I feel like if the feds are looking into it and the bank thinks it's suspicious those are usually not good signs and these timeline and this timeline is this all too convenient to be yet another coincidence like I mean how much smoke in this motherfucker are we gonna get before people were like I think there may be a little bit of a fire you know we've just been smelling a large large plume of smoke for like almost two years but I'm pretty sure there's no fire that's what like pretty much every Republican's been saying it's like uh yeah yeah um I I guess it's all fine you know it's just coincidence. You gotta get these tax cuts <laughs> that that's pretty much the republican uh stance as a whole at this point it's like all of this is cool we need more tax cuts and um yeah this is also not for nothing how they got for it. so if shit's gonna go down this is how it starts but as I said it's like a fire sale in the in the uh republican party right now So Republicans in Congress are pretty much trying to like stuff their pockets and make their donors as happy as possible before Democrats fuck up their hopes and dreams in November. And that leads me to my next story. Apparently, House GOP wants to push for another round of tax cuts. That could cost the U.S. over $2 trillion over a 10-year period because you know the 1.9 trillion dollar deficit for the stupid fucking tax cut wasn't bad enough because you know rich people and donors and shit there's never like a certain amount of money that they can get where it's like oh, okay i'm good now they always got to get more and then they got to get more and then they got to take some of yours some of your grandma's some of your nieces and then they got to you know just siphon it straight out of your bloodline you know they just want more money and so you know, Republicans are like, no, we got you B. We're going to get you that money and you're going to put us on. Right. So I'm guessing this is all just, to, at the very worst case scenario, help them in the November. Like, Hey, we're, uh, we're, you know, passing more tax cuts, you know, elect us. We're going to help out the middle class. That's like their go-to lie. But, um, anyway, this article in the Washington Post by Jeff Stein, it starts off, House Republicans are bracing for November. November's midterm elections unveiled the second round of tax cuts on Monday that could add more than $2 trillion to the federal deficit over a decade, aiming to cement the steep cuts they passed last fall, despite criticisms of fiscal profligacy and tailoring their policies to help the rich. And the, the tone of this article gets on my nerves, so I'm not going to go into too much depth. Cause it's like constantly going like, well, Democrats say this, Republicans say this, where I'm just like, the numbers are pretty clear, dude. They're definitely helping the rich. It's like not even up for debate. Why do you think the poll numbers for it are so fucking bad? Even Republicans hate this fucking thing, but Republicans aren't doing it for Republicans. They're doing it for the donors and themselves. Anyone in power who's a Republican is not looking out for their constituents. They're looking out for their bosses, but you know that's news to you man you haven't been paying attention but uh fortunately these proposals are not expected to pass congress this year because they require a 60 vote threshold in the senate so um i can't imagine a whole what nine eight democrats voting for this thing i can think of at least like two or three i can't think of uh eight or nine so it it should be good for now but we'll see where things are after november but um i wouldn't be surprised if they found some another tricky bullshit way to uh push this through but um essentially what this second round of tax cuts is going to do is try to put 630 billion dollars on top of the previous tax cut and making the previous ones permanent that's like the short version of this because it's just like they just need more money because i can almost guarantee you you might see a very little bit of that money on your best day but it's not going to be you no know, thousands and thousands of millions like it is to the top. So, you know, if, if you're dumb and gullible and you need that extra $5 just so you can pay an extra 400 in a couple of years, I mean, that's on you. But, you know, we live in a pretty dumb country, so that wouldn't exactly surprise me. So, anyway, I'm, I feel like I'm flying through these stories. I'm feeling myself right now. So let's get into a fun one. And uh, if you are if you're looking at my shit on Anchor, you can see the image for this episode because the second I saw it yesterday, I knew that had to be the photo art for this episode. So if you didn't see it, for some reason, Trump just couldn't hold it in for five whole minutes and had to fist pump on 9-11. And, you know, my, like mo- like most of the world, I would consider myself a little self-centered, you know, as you can tell. I have a whole podcast of just me talking for an hour, so probably self-centered, but in a good way, I hope. But, you know, like most people, I feel like I'm self-centered. And so when 9-11 happens, you know, I'm, I'm born and raised in San Francisco, uh, never been to New York, and obviously I feel bad for everyone who died and everyone who was a related or knew someone who died. Obviously, I'm not, you know, wishing shit like that on anyone. But when it comes to, like, the memorial of it, in the 17, at this point, 17 years, I just don't have that same level of outward enthusiasm to show my sympathy. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, I still feel bad, but I felt bad 17 years ago. I felt bad 16 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago. So it's like, I don't feel the need to, you know, make a whole show of it on social media. You know, I just feel feel the shit and move on. But, you know, a lot of people, especially brands and public-facing, like, public-facing people, they tend to, like, you know, thoughts and prayers, so, you know, do the whole normal thing, the politician thing. That's, like, the commonplace. Some people fuck up, make some really weird, awkward advertisement, but, you know, other people just, you know, try to be respectful. And I just go the silent route. Donald Trump is not one of those people. He's going to, uh, to a memorial for, uh you know... Uh, families of the victims of 9-11 and as he's getting off the plane he's greeted by his supporters so you know he's like uh he's like a 70 year old man who's like basically a five-year-old so he sees people smiling at him and excited to see him and he can't he can't help himself he's like yeah he's fist pumping he's like he's all you know just stoked because people are happy to see him that never happens for him that often pretty much only at his rallies that's like the only time anyone's ever happy to see him but like, yeah, he, uh, yeah, that photo is not going to be good for the history books. They're going to be, that's going to, that's going to be the only thing people remember about that day is that one photo of him fist pumping on 9-11. So he <laughs> just couldn't hold it in for five minutes. And naturally the left on Twitter went wild and they had a lot of good jokes. I'm pretty sure I retweeted and liked some of them, but, uh, so yeah, it, it's just a, He's just an embarrassment, but I'm just so desensitized to it. It's just, it's just, it's just a hot mess. But speaking of him being an embarrassment, let's move on to the next story. So now that summer is pretty much over, um, depending on where you live in the, in the world or a country, you know, sometimes it's hotter, colder, whatever, but you know, where I'm living, summer is pretty much over. And nowadays, you know, with climate change worsening every year, uh, the end of summer pretty much marks the beginning of hurricane season. And that is seemingly the case on the East Coast. Um, I haven't looked into it too much, and to be perfectly honest with you, I've just been listening to the uh, Bob Woodward book at work. So I haven't been, you know, getting my news information like I usually do. But, um, and uh, Spider-Man, so that was pretty much two things took over but I I say that to say this now that hurricane season is back naturally the tip of everybody's tongue is we are talking about Hurricane Maria which happened last year which the Trump administration notably fucked up on so this article is from the Atlantic and it's by David Graham and I really appreciate his tone for this article because he kind of nails it so I'm just going to get into it right now. It's every subpar student's daydream. What if you could fill out your own report card? President Trump enjoyed that fantasy Wednesday morning with regard to last year's federal response to Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico and elsewhere. And then on Twitter at 3.51 a.m. today, which blew my fucking mind, he says this. We got A-pluses for our recent hurricane work in Texas and Florida, parentheses, and didn't and, and did an underappreciated great job in Puerto Rico, even though an inac- un- inaccessible island with very poor electricity and a totally incompetent mayor of San Juan, we are ready for b- the big one that is coming. So he, this fool is clearly not sleeping and he's rattled every fucking day by all the walls caving in on him. Like a, it, it kind of feels like he's in hell in a weird way, Where it just feels like he's like living Groundhog's Day of the walls closing in every day. And he's constantly freaking out for our amusement and our terror. But he is tweeting at before 4am on a weekday that, you know, yeah, you know, we we did great on those hurricanes, you know, and the mayor of uh, Puerto Rico sucks. Like, wait, what? Like, dude, go to fucking sleep, you fucking asshole but you know he doesn't do that because he's not he's he might be an alien I don't know vampire I know he's maybe when you're just a horrible person you don't need sleep or maybe that's fueling him being a horrible person like if he just took like an 18 hour nap he'd just wake up like what was I talking about oh no 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 fuck that we illegal tomorrow (laughs) like what if that happened like I really doubt it but you know it's fun to think about maybe he's not a completely terrible person even though all the evidence will suggest otherwise but nonetheless let me continue on tuesday he was more he was even more effusive about the Maria effort i actually think it was more it was one of the best jobs that's ever been with respect to what this is all about trump said Syntactical chaos of that sentence notwithstanding, these assessments of the Maria response hold up about as well as Trump's claim that he graduated the top of his class in college, which is to say, only if he were doing the grading. In fact, the response in Puerto Rico was, well, a disaster. Weeks after the storm struck, only one in ten Puerto Ricans had electricity and barely half had access to drinking water. As my colleague, Van Newkirk recently reported The best assessment now Holds that an astounding 2,975 people died As a result of Maria Making it easily one of the worst disasters In American history So Trump thinks that was one of his Best jobs ever And it was one of the worst disasters in American history So if you live in Anywhere that's even close to a hurricane Wet spot I would run the entire fuck away Cause this dude clearly doesn't have your back, and just for me being a, a smart ass, smart ass, I gotta wonder how is an island that, as he put it, surrounded by big ocean water, inaccessible when you can literally come at it from any angle. <laughs> surrounded by water, pick a direction, dude. How is it inaccessible? But anyway, he he's just a hot mess. But what else is new? So. Uh, I I skipped to the end of the article because he closes it really strong. The president's insistence at relitigating and attempting to revise his handling of Maria comes as the eastern seaboard braces for Hurricane Florence. There are important differences between the storms, most notably the location in the continental U.S., as well as some similarities from the size of the storm and the high concentrations of minority citizens in the hurricane's path. The federal response to Florence can erase the feelings of the Maria's response, but for the president it's a bit like a chance to retake a test. So we'll see if he passes the retake, but something tells me not likely. Especially if it has anything to do with protecting poor brown people, I think he would give less of a fuck. Especially because he took 10 million dollars away from FEMA, which leads me into my last story. Apparently, Trump took $10 million uh, roughly away from FEMA's budget to support ICE, Documents document show. And this is from USA Today. The Trump administration took nearly $10 million from the Federal Emergency Management Agency's budget this summer to help boost U.S. immigration and customs and, I- and customs enforcement, uh, according to a budget document shared with USA Today. So, um, yeah, it, it's just really, you already know where this is going cause Trump's a fucking racist, but you know, let me just, you know, bring you down this rabbit hole a little bit. <clears throat> the revelation just ahead of hurricane Florence's expected landfall in North and South Carolina was found by Senator Jeff Merkley, uh, who first shared the documents live on MSNBC late Tuesday. He told USA Today that after the devastation of last year's storms, including hurricanes Maria, Harvey, and Irma, FEMA should have the funds it needs to be prepared for another disastrous hurricane season. And he says, it's almost guaranteed to happen again, so this is just incredibly irresponsible. Which is a nice way to put it. I'm gonna go a step farther and call it blatantly fucking racist because we all know the only reason he wants to put more money in the ice is so he can harass poor brown people near borders specifically the mexican border so there's like no other reason for this he doesn't care about illegal canadian immigration or illegal fucking what dutch immigration illegal swedish immigration none of that shit no that's fine he doesn't care about people overstaying their visas no that's fine but he wants to take away citizenship from brown people. He wants to make it as hard as possible for brown people to enter the country. And he wants to throw like several thousand books at all the people who do enter legally, which he wants to detain kids indefinitely. He's trying very hard to overturn the Flores settlement, which basically says that you can't detain a child for longer than 20 days which I feel like is probably just a human decency decency law. So naturally Trump wants to get rid of it as soon as possible so he can be, you know, a bigger asshole and bigger racist. That's like his whole goal is make rich people richer and be, and be crueler to brown people. Like <laughs> those are his two mission statements. He started off with the whole shit with Obama, so it's just him being consistent. Um this is this really frustrating And I didn't think about it until I was reading this, but, you know, in the summer when uh, people were really having the strongest backlash against him caging brown kids, uh, that, you know, it's a summer, he's a kid, he doesn't really think ahead or behind or learn. So, you know, of course he doesn't consider what comes after summer, fall. What happens in the fall? Usually, you know, rains a little bit. It gets closer to rain season at least. You know, what happens in the rainy season? Hurricanes. He's not planning for that. He doesn't give a fuck about people. He cares about his paycheck and his homies. That's all he cares about. Might as well be on the corner selling drugs. Anyway, money was also taken from other agencies, including millions from the TSA, the U.S. Coast Guard, to help, and the U.S. Coast Guard to help ice the document states. And Uh, The documents list that additional money was taken to help ICE detain immigrants along the southern border, fund beds and detention centers, and remove undocumented immigrants from the country. Which, as I alluded to, pretty much short version is we got to fuck over brown people as much as possible. So unfortunately, that's our president. And if Twitter is any indicator, he's probably going to be our president for another, what, six years? Not two. So, um, I have no faith in the Democrats to get their shit together for five minutes because fucking the, the, the discourse quote unquote is if my timeline is any indicator is just going to be in shambles for years. Cause like you can't even say Bernie Sanders name without Hillary Clinton supporters freaking the fuck out. So, I mean, I don't even know how we're going to ever resolve this shit because if you want Bernie Soprano, if you want Bernie Sanders supporters to come to your side, you got to at least at the bare minimum, not go out of your way to be a fucking cunt. That's my personal opinion. If you, if you want what Hillary Clinton supporters to come to the Bernie side, same rule applies. I've seen a lot of Bernie people go way the fuck overboard. I've also seen in my personal experience, way more Hillary Clinton people go off board. So it, it it's everybody on both sides of this party need to get their shit together because the stakes are so much higher than our fucking petty squabbles and that's like all twitter is now is petty squabbles and um i I, there's another story i'm gonna talk actually there's two more stories about petty squabbles in my uh in the television block so um let me just i guess get into that because um yeah, I'm I'm flying through them today, man. I don't I don't know what it is. This might be a, a short episode, but I feel like I'm ahead of my schedule. I'm usually always dragging in the politics section, but I'm going through it. But anyway, so um, I do got some news as far as television. That's a regard like outside of the actual news that I have planned, and that news is that uh, apparently I suck because I went back on my boycott words. And I said I was going to boycott the NFL, but like shit has happened over the last couple of weeks that have drastically changed my intensity. And, you know, I I gotta be honest, I just bitched out on it. I was all set to boycott the NFL to at least the Super Bowl. But, you know, I even, uh, I blacklisted NFL and football and all that shit on my Twitter feed, but I didn't blacklist every single team name so I'm still pretty much getting every single bit of news anyway. (laughs) Only thing I'm missing if anything is probably just gifts. So um yeah uh I went back on my word and I watched a football game on Sunday. I watched the 49ers get injured and lose a player and lose the game. So uh yeah that, that was fun and um so I While I am watching football this season, I guess, apparently, I'm definitely not watching it with the same intensity that I usually do. This is the first year where uh, football has been on since I've gotten into fantasy football where I haven't played. So this is going to be an interesting year for me. I'm probably just going to double down on the video games and television and just try to keep it checking until uh, basketball season, which is right around the corner. Because once basketball gets going, if I'm really craving for somebody to get hit, I'll just turn on hockey. So, uh, and now I can get back into my Sharks groove. But, um, yeah, so I guess I'm back into the football game a little bit. You know, I already got Madden and, um, I guess I watched, uh, I didn't watch that Packers game even though I heard Aaron Rodgers got injured and so I completely just stopped paying attention because he's like my favorite. And then I woke up and apparently he came back and won the game by one point, so. Fucking miracle worker. I gotta start watching more football. Seems like all the black people I know are watching anyway. Nobody's really tripping since Colin Kaepernick's getting paid. And he's in he's in the uh, advertisements and he's winning his court case and shit. So, you know, I guess everything is all right in the world in terms of that, so. And everybody else is watching this shit anyway, so I'm like, fuck it. I just fall to peer pressure. And now I'm watching football again. And to be perfectly honest with you, I don't feel that bad. But, you know, you win this round, NFL. And other than that, uh, not much shit I've been watching. It's like, uh, I said last week, I'm just mainly playing video games, not watching anything. Uh, so yeah, American, uh, yeah, American Dad repeats. It's pretty much it. And I know New Sunny comes on tonight, so I think I'm gonna stay up just to watch that. And then, uh pretty much it that's all I've been doing and it's been gaming my ass off but um so anyway the biggest news of the week is in terms of television news is no question the story with Les Moonves so um I wasn't following this not much but once I heard Ronan Farrell was involved I was like oh this nigga oh it's a wrap So I was just kind of just waiting for it to happen. Then it eventually happened. So I didn't, I didn't follow like any of the details, but I got this, uh, New York Times article. I got, I got a little bit of, uh, more relevant information, but, uh, and I also heard the Janet Jackson thing like days before this story broke. So I was already recently mad at this motherfucker. So this one just like, you know, I just got to like this wipe my hands off this. Like, all right, I'm done with this nigga. So, um, you know, even though I was, I didn't even know who he was before last week. So, you know, I'm extra done with him. But anyway, let's get into this. <clears throat> Leslie Moonvez, the longtime chief executive of the CBS Corporation, stepped down on Sunday night from the company he led for 15 years. His fall from Hollywood's highest echelon was all but sealed after the publication earlier in the day, uh, publicate after the publication earlier in the day of new sexual harassment allegations against him the cbs board announced his departure effective immediately as part of the agreement the new the network said it would donate 20 million dollars to one or more organizations that supported equality for women in the workplace so stop right there when i first heard this story i the i fucking knew that when you like when you donate 20 million, it's never just because oh I feel good, I'm gonna donate 20 million. like something happened or you're getting something out of it to just donate 20 million. so wh- where's the uh you know where's the other shoe on this one right? So the very next sentence <laughs> the donation will be deducted from the potential severance payment benefit to the Mr. moonvez, although he could still walk away with more than a hundred twenty million dollars according to two people familiar with the settlement agreement so um from what i've heard it's uh he is most likely going to get a hundred million dollars in settlement money and he can get as much as a 180 million dollars but depending on how they rule for this investigation he could get as little as a fucking swift kick to the ass and you know a nice how do you do on the way out so um I doubt that's going to happen because, you know, once you're rich and balling on that level, they're not just going to leave you completely assed out. You know, even Bill O'Reilly got paid when he left, so. And this dude wasn't even on television promoting racism on, like, with his, like, bare-ass face on a day-to-day basis. So, at the the bare minimum, he's not as bad as Bill O'Reilly. But, uh, yeah, still pretty fucking horrible dude. So, um yeah so let's get into the little bit more into this article mr moonbez however will not receive any severance payment until the completion of an independent investigation into the allegations the board said he could also receive nothing based on the investigation results as i just said and um the chief operating officer of cbs uh was named as the interim chief executive uh, joseph ianello um, and the departure of Mr. Moonves marks a stunning reversal for the executive who is credited with turning CBS into television's most watched network, but he has been under pressure since July when the New Yorker published an article by the investigative journalist Ronan Farrow in which six women accused Mr. Moonves of sexual harassment. And on Sunday, the magazine Post published another article by Mr. Farrow in which six more women detailed claims against them so um yeah if you're not keeping score at home that's 12 women and you are and whenever shit like this happened, you know it's never just those many those are just the ones who came forward so um at least 12 probably many more so um he is the latest me too i'm not gonna say victim because you know he wasn't a victim if anything he's one of the next me too success stories because me too as a concept succeeded in taking his ass down so um yeah. Uh adios, motherfucker. And uh let me get into my little mini uh Janet Jackson peeve. So apparently, as uh many of you probably know, years ago when Janet Jackson was at the Super Bowl, her titty was exposed and the American media basically shut the fuck down, like the whole world stopped because there was brown titty on TV in America. You know, if we were in a different country, that's like just whatever. But, um, you know, in America, you can't show titties on TV. That's like one of the cardinal sins. So, um, everybody freaked out. And apparently Les Moonves was fucking hot. And the only reason why he's not even like beefing with Justin Timberlake is because Justin Timberlake basically metaphorically got on his hands and knees and begged him like, Hey man, don't blackball me from the uh, Hollywood. And, um, Les Moonves, he's like, all right, you're good. But Janet Jackson was like, nah, I ain't gonna play that game. So he pretty much set out to ruin her career. And that story broke, uh, last week. I forgot. Last weekend. I forgot the, uh, article I read, but... You, if you Google Janet Jackson, Les Moonves, it'll definitely pop up. So, yeah. Not a good week for this motherfucker. And, uh, I hope to never hear his name again. This fade into the, uh, the, uh, the shitbox of history, I guess. But anyway, um and and on the topic of me too that leads me into my next story so this article is from esquire uh by matt miller it's pretty short so i'm just going to read the whole thing but um th- this story really annoyed me because it like as i mentioned earlier it this reminds me of why i feel like we're doomed as a country cuz like everyone is constantly arguing and yelling and fighting over shit that just doesn't really fucking matter like when people say dumb shit you can just say that was dumb and if you want explain why it was dumb and just keep it pushing like I don't know why everything has to be a whole fucking scandal like can't you just make a comment and move on like does everything really have to be litigated for like four fucking hours does everything really require a deep dive uh I will there, there's been some deep dives into Spider-Man that have been really fucking irritating and if I remember I'll get into that later but so at this so anyway let me just get into this article so Norm McDonald he's a comedian if you don't know and um he said some uh I'll admit very dumb shit publicly in an interview uh yesterday and the internet like came down on his nuts immediately like god damn they came down on him quick but um anyway let me just uh read this article after defending louis ck and roseanne whose careers imploded earlier this year norm mcdonald was dropped from his scheduled tonight show appearance on tuesday out of the sensitivity to our audience and in light of Norm MacDonald's comments in the press today, The tonight's Show was des- des- has decided to cancel his appearance on Tuesday's telecast, a, spokes- a spokesperson told The Hollywood Reporter. So, um, it's just a little personal thing I gotta set aside. Full disclosure, you know, take it with a grain of salt if you want, but I fucking hate Jimmy Fallon. Just personal taste. I just don't find him funny. I just find him extremely annoying and... A lot of people are arguing that this was kind of a bitch move on his part like he could have like put him on blast and brought him on and said like hey you were wrong because x y and z and you know got internet famous or whatever but jimmy fallon doesn't want to smoke with anyone that's why he got all that beef for being nice to trump because he just wants to be he just wants everybody to like him but you know in this climate it's like you got to pick a side bro like it's like you got Nazis and people who put kids in cages on one side, and then you got people who are trying to stop them on the other side. Like that, hey, can't we all just come along, get together, and come along, whatever? It is, that's, that sounds cute on paper, but in reality, you got to pick a side sometimes, you know. If I say you want chicken or you want you want chicken or beef, you gotta say chicken or beef. You can say you don't eat chicken or beef, but you still gotta pick one. I didn't say what did you want to eat. I said chicken or beef. if i say apples or oranges pick one you know fuck it this anyway this frustrates me but anyway let me just continue this article uh on tuesday afternoon the hollywood reporter released an interview with mcdonald in which he said he was quote happy the me too movement has slowed down a little bit and he then went on to defend his friends disgraced comedians louis ck and roseanne Barr. quote Roseanne was so broken up after her show re- show's reboot was canceled that I got Louie to call her even though Roseanne was very hard on Louie before that but she was just so broken and just crying constantly there are very few people that have gone through what they have losing everything in a day of course people will go what about the victims but you know what the victims didn't have to go through that so in terms of just like Binary yes or no. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. Was it a smart thing to say? No, it wasn't. Not fucking close. (laughs) Not even close to smart to say. But you know, just on the like bare face value shit. If you don't do any dick, uh, wow, dick deeping. (laughs) If you don't do any uh deep diving, you uh, you know, you can say, oh yeah, that makes sense. But when you think about that for half a second, doesn't really uh. Not a really good argument, because you can say, yeah, the victims didn't lose everything in a day, but you can also argue what they went to, what they went through was a thousand times worse. So, as much as I love, I love C U. Louis C K. I, and I still love Louis C K. to this day, but I can't support those actions, you know. But I. You know, I'm not consuming his shit, I'm not going to his shows, I'm not watching his show. But this is like a human being, he was my favorite comedian. And I I can understand not being able to just like turn off your feelings for a person like a switch. I get that. So uh yeah, not a smart thing to say. And naturally Twitter just lit his ass up with a with a swift vengeance, so he apologized immediately. Uh shortly after the interview was published, he released an apology saying on Twitter Roseanne and Louie have both been very good friends of mine for many years they both made terrible mistakes and I would never defend their actions if my words sounded like I was minimizing the pain of their victims feel to this day I am deeply sorry and his show as of now is still moving ahead of the schedule with Netflix so we'll see if Netflix overreacts and pulls this shit I hope they don't just because I mean like he didn't really say anything that bad in my personal opinion But, um, yeah, it was a dumb thing to say, and I wouldn't have said it. And I, uh, definitely think that the victim's pain trumps, uh, Roseanne's fucking feelings. You know, even though she didn't, like, you know, do anything sexual or whatever. But, um, just like her saying racist shit on Twitter all the time, and then, you know, having to suffer consequences for it, I don't really lose sleep over, you know. But anyway, that's just me. Uh so speaking of internet backlash leads me into my next story which will lead me into my next story i got them all lined up this week i got flow i'm flowing anyway so if you like the witcher 3 as much as i do then you probably knew that the witcher is coming to netflix so uh as of uh as far as i can tell from this article it uh, looks like it might come out in uh the year 2020 but I doubt it will um if anything it'll come out in maybe 2021 or if we're very lucky 2019 I highly doubt it but um anyway so apparently the uh they uh they got Henry Cavill to play Geraldo Rivera so um uh wait that's not his name I don't think I can't remember I'm I'm blanking I forgot his last name I want to say it's Rivera anyway uh Henry Cavill uh, man of steel superman they got him to play garal so um and uh, someone did a photoshop of it and i think it could work it's, it's not an inherently bad casting uh, i, I want to see how they do it but anyway um the the controversy of what happened regarding the show in my opinion is dumb but uh it came because as you know uh henry cavill you can probably guess from his name he's a white dude so, um, Ciri, his adopted daughter in the show, Geralt's adopted daughter in the, uh, game, I mean, um, she, uh, traditionally is, uh, white, or at the very least looks white. So, um, uh, the, I'm gonna read from this article from Game Informer. <clears throat> the controversy arose when an unconfirmed casting call for the show suggested that the casting director was looking for a non-white actress for Siri, Geralt's adopted daughter. In The Witcher games... She looks similar to Grawl in terms of skin tone, but the casting call is looking for someone that would likely look different from uh, Henry Cavill. Witcher fans or people purporting to be Witcher fans called out the uh, creator Histrich for uh, trying to change the character's race into what is often portrayed as a primary and what is often portrayed as a primarily ca- Caucasian uh, continent. Uh, She said in May that she would not change a character's background for the sake of diversity, but insisted that this is not what's happening. So she tweeted that the creator of the series, uh, Mr. Sapkowski, had said uh, publicly and to her that the continent is big and diverse and in its population in every way, which includes race, culture, gender, and skin color, blah, blah. I'm not trying to... uh, I'm not sure how people insinuate I'm destroying the books by recognizing that. I'm honoring the author's own intentions. He told me so himself. So basically, from this little uh, snippet of the article, it seems like she's just, you know, trying to, you know, make the show a little bit more different than what you would expect. Kind of like how The Walking Dead does with the comics. It's like, hey, we can't just make it one for one because then you'll know everything is going to happen. Which, you know, as a general rule, I'm not against. Hopefully she does a better job than they did at The Walking Dead, but, um, that's kind of a low bar, (laughs) but, uh, so I, am not tripping over this, but the, the, the white nerds on the internet are gonna, are gonna be hurt, especially over the next story, (laughs) so, but, um, I honestly don't see what the big deal is. People get way too attached to fictional characters, where it's like, if someone made a black Batman, I wouldn't freak the fuck out, you know what I mean? Someone made a Chinese Spider Man, I wouldn't freak the fuck out. Like, people were really attached to fictional characters for no fucking reason that I can immediately discern. But, um, yeah, uh, I I don't know why people are so awful. But the reason I'm mentioning this story is because apparently the backlash for this shit is so swift that the creator of this show has uh, basically left social media for a minute. And she says that she's just writing which I'm assuming is true, at least, you know, just mathematically because she has to finish the show. But I'm also assuming it's because people saying stupid shit to you on Twitter 24-7 is a bit of a distraction and the necessary one at that. So I can imagine her just being like, fuck this shit. I got work to do. Y'all can yell at each other. I'm out. So um, anyway, that leads me into my next story. Apparently, Henry Cavill is leaving Superman and uh warner brothers is fucking up dc as most dc fans have been seeing happen for years now so um apparently short version is there was some uh scheduling issues with um henry cavill playing superman in the new shazam movie but um it comes out april 5th apparently which i'm hyped for so um since that fell through apparently he's just out and um he's trying to like negotiate his contract for a way to you know to finalize everything but he's done and i can't blame him because dc has been fucking up for so long when it comes to their live action shit their animated shit is so good and i have no idea why their live action shit is so bad just so bad they uh their best case scenario is like okay like wonder woman was okay justice league was okay and the rest of their movies were pretty bad. Since like what Dark Knight, that was like the last good one. So it's like a like a decade of failure. That's all bad. But um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if it's because of The Witcher, but you know if you want, I'm, this kind of gives me hope for The Witcher now because I think the show might be better because he's not gonna be depressed from working on a fucking horrible DC universe shit. So um, now I'm excited for The Witcher to come out. But um, anyway, that uh, pretty much does it for television this week. Um, so let's get into that last famed section of video games. So, as I mentioned, I beat Spider-Man. Oh, I, I don't know if I mentioned that I beat Spider-Man. Um, I'm trying to platinum it. So, you know, um, I got like a maybe like 10 hours left to platinum it. I guess maybe, uh, maybe a little bit more. Maybe 12 hours. I don't know. So I'm trying to platinum it. Um, hopefully i'll get it done before uh, monday um just so i can you know just cross it off my list and uh i'll, I'll talk more about that at the end but so um i also got 2k uh, games is taking over this week and uh, i only played a little bit but it's 2k so i already know it's good apparently the reviews are all saying the same thing it's better than live so the micro are still a bitch which is depressing but i'm gonna see how far i can get without putting any money into this game because I will say that Madden is a lot better at balancing uh, microtransactions than uh, 2K is. So maybe EA is learning their lesson that 2K should learn soon. Um, also, I've been debating all week if I should buy the new Tomb Raider. Because the reviews have been very favorable. But I made a snap decision as of last night in bed. And then it carried over to me thinking about it at work all day. And then I literally just paid for it right before I started planning for this episode. But I bought me a different game. I'm switching it up. Completely new series. Completely new genre. No Tomb Raider. Because Tomb Raider is going to be a little bit of a challenge to Platinum. And so if I'm going to get a game I'm not going to Platinum, I might as well get a game I can play for hella long. So um, I got Fire Pro Wrestling World. 50 bucks on ps4 from what i understand it's like a long running series i've just been watching this one uh this new release of it and it looks cool to me especially because i don't really get into like the wwe games that much but i used to like them a lot as a kid fire pro wrestling is kind of like for like the nostalgia kids in my opinion so i've, I've literally only played one step in the tutorial before I started recording, restore, I started preparing for this episode. So, um, once I finish, I might play a little bit more, or I might just dive straight into Spider Man. We'll see. But um, anyway, it, it looks like it's going to be fun. If, it, if, if, um, if I'm not mistaken, I'm probably just going to be cycling between Fire Pro Wrestling World, 2K, and Madden until Red Dead comes out. So, unless I'm forgetting any big game releases in between now and Red Dead, which is, like, at the end of October, those are, like, the three games I'm playing exclusively. So, um, but anyway, um, let's get into the news. Apparently, Nintendo dropped two big announcements for, uh, today, so they are dominating the news this week, like most of my weeks, it seems like, but, um... So first off, apparently Nintendo Switch Online has a release date now and it's coming out September 18th, which is a, like less than a week away, which is, I don't know why they just like, they just like kind of decided it, it seems kind of unplanned on their part. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm tripping or not, but I'm like, why would you announce it six days beforehand? Like, like the, the day, like you've been like hyping it up for so long. You could have set the date forever ago. Especially because you're talking about, like, oh, you don't know the release date, uh, what, I think, like, a week or two ago? I can't remember what, I wrote, I did a story about that recently, but, um, so, apparently, it's coming out. Um, <clears throat> Nintendo has revealed its upcoming Nintendo Switch Online service, launching next Tuesday, 18, the, September 18th, and will be arriving with a seven-day free trial from the Nintendo eShop, according to IGN. Announced via Twitter, Nintendo confirmed that its paid Nintendo Switch Online service will be launching next week and that more information will be revealed at tomorrow's 35-minute Nintendo Direct that will focus on upcoming Switch and 3DS titles. Which leads me into my next story. Apparently, they rescheduled the Direct to tomorrow. So after a week delay, also from IGN, Nintendo has confirmed that its previously scheduled Nintendo Switch and 3ds direct will be airing tomorrow september 13th at 3 p.m pacific standard or 6 p.m eastern time um announced via twitter again nintendo's upcoming 35 minute direct uh was delayed from its original september 6th due date due to the earthquake that struck hokkaido japan so um yeah we i remember when that uh broke i was like i was like what the hell is going on it's supposed to come out today and then i googled it saw that there was an earthquake i was like oh shit uh, my fault all right you know y'all do y'all thing i hope everybody's good so um yeah two nintendo stories right off the bat quick nintendo one two and um so I'm, I'm hyped for the uh the um direct tomorrow the i got a little i got an extra week to build anticipation so we'll see what happens um and let's get into the last story before i talk more spider-man so before i talk about spider-man I'm going to talk about Spider-Man. Anyway, apparently, Insomniac is adding New Game Plus to Spider-Man. Um, this is from GameSpot. Insomniac Games has announced that PlayStation 4 Spider-Man is getting a New Game Plus mode, and the developer revealed that a team is currently working on the mode via tweet. New Game Plus will work, will allow you to replay through Spider-Man with all of the wall crawlers' abilities and skills that have been unlocked in the previous save and although it hasn't been confirmed for this game, most New Game Plus modes also increase enemies' health and damage output. A few, like the one in Batman Arkham Knight, even make minor changes to certain cutscenes and add late game enemies to the earlier fights. Insomniac doesn't have an estimate for a New Game Plus mode's release date yet. New Game Plus isn't the only post launch edition coming to Spider Man. Insomniac has revealed a three part DLC expansion for the game titled The City That Never Sleeps. The first part called The Heist released on October 23rd and um, this DLC is going to have Black Cat so this might be the first game in a very long time where I actually buy DLC for. We'll see how I feel when it comes out but this is definitely one of those games where like when all three of the dc dlc packets come out if i buy all three of them at the same time that's basically like me getting the like a spider-man sequel it's like a very short one so um i'm gonna keep my eye on it keep my eye on all the dlc's going forward but um yeah uh again yeah, this game is great and this is where i'm gonna start talking about it i'm, I'm gonna mix in regular review and all that shit as well as um you know, um, spoilers and all of that. So, uh, I'm gonna give you a heads up. I'm gonna start talking about Spider-Man spoilers in five, four, three, two, one. Spider-Man spoilers commence. I can't fucking believe that they went and goddamn killed Aunt May in the first fucking game. I am so goddamn mad about that. And that is like the only complaint I have about the whole game. <laughs> like, um, uh, also, uh, I guess, no, that's not entirely true. My second complaint is that I feel like the end of the game kind of is like all jumbled together. Like I, all the bosses were at the very end where I feel like those could have been spread out throughout the game a little bit better. Um, but those are two, my only two complaints. I'm very excited for the sequel. I really, really hope I get to play as Miles Morales, cause um, you, like uh, the criticism that I heard that um, I, I guess technically agree with is that the game is pretty predictable, like all the plot developments and shit. You know, you see coming from a mile away, like especially the Doctor Octopus shit. It's like once you hear his name, you're just like, well, I know where this is going. <laughs> and uh, I really like the take of you creating your archenemy. So, um, you go through the whole game just making his shit better and better, and I'm just thinking to myself, you dumb bastard. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's a great fucking game, and I, I, I'm really upset Peter lost Aunt May this quickly. Like, I don't, I, I don't even, like, I know this is eight years into the future, but, like, I really expected her to make it into at least a sequel. It's Aunt May, I mean, what do you, come on, man. Like, that fucking shelter is all types of fucked up. Martin Lee is out. Aunt May is dead. Like, what? Is this gonna be Miles and Peter running that shit? They're gonna be fighting crimes. They ain't gonna be running shit. They ain't, gonna, they ain't gonna be there. But, um, yeah, uh, spider it was so fucking good. Um, my issue with the, um, not an issue, but an observation: I've I noticed that they have a lot of abilities and a lot of, like, power-ups a lot of suits and upgrades and shit but there are only like like maybe like 10 of them 10 maybe 15 in total that actually have any real usage the rest are kind of just there for options but don't really do anything that you really need like the first ability you get lets you heal and lets you do finishers quicker and that's all you need you can like you can literally go the whole game with just that power and you'd probably be better off especially because i was playing on hard from start to finish so i know that without that ability i probably wouldn't finish the game so uh it, all the bosses were dope um i know it was pointed out to me before i played that there was no mysterio but um i'm, ho- I'm assuming he's going to be in the sequel and i'm also assuming the shocker is going to be in the sequel those are the two I'm, I'm looking for the most um also want venom that's the, my one prediction i'm certain that Venom is gonna be if he's not in the game he if not only in the game he's gonna be a focus I think a bare minimum Venom is gonna be in the sequel but I think it would be their best bet to make him like make him basically the doctor octopus of the sequel where it's just like all kind of centered around him he's the ringleader or whatever or he's like the main villain because that would be really fucking fun so um yeah I got I, I'm really hyped for a sequel I, I, it's gonna be so good we all know it the playstation is just killing it all the xbox fans on twitter keep cracking jokes like this is bullshit we want to play spider-man 2 and that shit is just so funny to me but um yeah this game is so good uh what else also i I really love the uh the comic book suit that's like the best thing in this game by far and it's smart of them to release it at the very end because that's all i would have used from the get-go is just playing as comic spider-man and there's also one where it looks like uh, Ghost Rider, the uh, the skeleton dude. But um, So there's a couple of cool costumes in there. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm at 85% completion. I'm trying to get the platinum. Um, I got a bunch of shit to do still. But uh, yeah, I'm having so much fun with it. And I think I'm probably about maybe 15 or so hours into the game. There's no hour count thing, which also bothers me so I don't know exactly how much I've been playing, so, uh, but that's my estimate, all I can tell you for sure is that it's fun as hell, anyone who buys that shit will love it, I don't care how old you are, I don't care what kind of games you like, if you play that shit for a good hour, you will be having fun, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, it's so great, but, um, yeah, I guess that's where I'm gonna wrap it up, so, adios muchachos.